Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 121 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's episode, I'm joined by physical therapist Jill Zimmerman, and we're sharing how to build better core and body strength, why breathing is the best thing that you can do for your back pain, and rebuilding core strength postpartum and with a diastasis recti. Jill is a doctor of physical therapy and a personal trainer who has over 15 years of experience in helping people feel, function, and look amazing every day. And I've been following her on Instagram for a while now. You should too. Her account is at Jill Zimmerman PT. I'll link to it in the description as well. And she just shares great content on how to move better, how to feel better, really novel and fun stuff that even gets me thinking in different ways. And she always has a good focus on the relationship relationship between core strength and breathing. Now, I just finished the book Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art by James Nestor before we started recording. And you know how sometimes the world just like brings all the pieces together for you? That was this conversation. So to nerd out about breathing in the book and then get to talk to another breath nerd, we just, we nerded out. And it was totally, totally nerdy, but also super interesting to talk about that relationship between breathing and core strength. And it caused me to really kind of think about the foundations of the work that I do with clients as well. And to be honest, core strength and breathing are at the foundation. They're at the bottom of the most important things that you have to do first. So this is a fantastic conversation. If you're like, I don't need to learn how to breathe. No, no, you definitely need to listen to this. um, Because even since our conversation, I've been incorporating more breathing into my daily routine, and it's making a world of difference. Jill is the owner of Perfectly Fit, a physical therapy clinic in South Carolina that's designed to be the gap between medicine and fitness. So if you are looking for someone to bridge that gap, who is going to help you breathe better and move better and feel better, our conversation today is totally going to fit the bill for you. So enjoy. Well, super excited to have Jill Zimmerman with us today. We're going to get so nerdy, but first, I always like to start here. What do you like to get nerdy about? What do I like to get nerdy about? Um, well, probably everything that we're going to talk about on the call today, just breaking down the human body, you know, really just trying to understand all of the different elements that go into how people move, how people feel. Um, looking at it from like so many different angles. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of different professionals with a lot of different perspectives in terms of how they think of the human body. And it's always fascinating to me how different we all think about stuff, but also how it all sort of is the same in some way. So kind of building those connections always makes me mm-hmm. kind of like excited and get like all like, what? <laughs> So that's kind of a lot. I mean, I guess that's what I get nerdiest about. And then anything movement based, like I can be like, you know, when you're like walking on the street and you like see or in the car and you see somebody like running or going for a jog and like, you just like can't help but look at their gait pattern. Like then I start going in like all these weird, like, oh my gosh, like I bet they have like, (laughs) 
like hyper analyzing them. So like uh, examples like that <laughs> get really nerdy about. Yes. I know once you turn that on and you develop that ability to like see bodies, you can't unsee it ever again. It's like forever. I'm like, I see broken people all the time. (laughs) So our goal today though, is to help people, even though we both like, we see things and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But to share things that, you know, the listener can help take and then help themselves feel better. So I think something that's really interesting and, you know, I've been following you on Instagram, you share a ton of free resources and exercises. So everybody go follow her. It's Jill Zimmerman PT. Here's the question. What's like the one thing that people should be thinking about when it comes to like pain-free movement that they're not thinking about yet? They're breathing. Okay. So it's, it's something that most people don't think about. They may think like, oh, I feel out of breath with this exercise, or yeah, maybe they notice that they've held their breath, but they don't really consider where their breath is being put in their body and how that affects sort of how the rest of the body feels. So like our breathing happens from our diaphragm and our diaphragm is part of our core and the diaphragm and the pelvic floor work together in synchrony in this coordination that to help make up that entire core canister. So when we're talking about core strength, we're not just talking about abs, we're talking about diaphragm, pelvic floor, abdominal area. So if you don't really consider breath and breathing and you're trying to create stability and strength in your entire body, not just core exercises, but like entire body strength, you're really missing a big part of the picture, right? And and understanding sort of like how we adapt Mm -hmm. postures in our body by the way that we've learned how to breathe. So we're always breathing in postures that are easier for us to breathe. And then it's very difficult for us to breathe in postures and positions that are more difficult for us to breathe. And we've sort of developed comfort being in certain positions based on where we breathe best. So you might feel tightness in your back because you don't put air well into the back of your body. So you're not getting this like filling expansion stretch from the inside through your breathing into the back of your body. So all the joints in the back, the spine and the vertebrae and the tissues back there sort of over time get more and more um, tight. And that's why you end up feeling sort of like um, achy or tense back there. Okay. So, um, and then, and then when you move on top of that, you tend to move in a very more like dominant pattern where you're using a lot more of your back muscles to do things instead of your front muscles. So learning how to change the places that you're putting air in your body and in your rib cage can really put your your shoulders and your hips and everything in your legs in a, in a better position to move in a way that, that feels better for your body and isn't so like imbalanced, for example. Does that make sense? <laughs> No, it totally does because, um, and I just finished, uh, the book, I think it's called breath or breathe by James Nestor. And he was talking about breathing and the, you know, research about it and all of that. And I too was like, Oh my gosh, we all need to be breathing. Like nobody's breathing enough. Um, (laughs) because it is like all of your core muscles are also breathing muscles. And if they aren't playing together well, and you don't have that balance, which like, there's no way you can sit as much as we do and also breathe efficiently and have like good core support and all of that. Like, it's just, it, 
It doesn't work that way. Um, and especially with so many people too, with like low back pain and then the, you know, typical treatment is like, Oh, just rest it and like wait for it to go away. So like, is there a way to bring breathing into something like back pain or something else? And like, where would you start? Yeah, for sure. So I look at that all the time. I'm constantly now incorporating breathing into rehab. Um, so, you know, for example, if somebody comes in with back pain, I'm obviously going to assess their back, but also, like I said before, kind of figure out like, are they expanding? Like, are they able to get a stretch into those areas? So we, we stretch our body, like we stretch our back. So say you've had back pain and you went to a PT and they're like, Oh, like pull your knees into your chest or like pull one knee into your chest or like, do like a, the cross your leg over like pigeon pose kind of thing. Like those are all very typical, like back stretches, like maybe stretch your hamstrings, blah, blah, blah. So you're trying to create openness on the backside of your body. You're trying to open it up. Right. Well, what the breathing does is it helps you to create pressure from the inside, which helps to open those spaces up from the inside. Okay. And that's truly where you're going to get the most bang for your buck and the most change over time is to learn how to breathe there. Because if you stretch your back and it's like, Oh, I stretch those muscles out. And then you stand up and then you breathe in a way that creates tension back there again, because that's the position, like I said, you're most comfortable breathing and you've learned over time that that's mm-hmm. easy for you. Then you're just going to kind of go back into that posture where you have tightness back there. But if you learn how to breathe into those spaces and kind of own that and say, I'm comfortable breathing here, I'm comfortable living here, I'm comfortable with these tissues more stretched out and open, and I can go about my day with that in place, then your back pain is not going to come back because now you're living in a position where there's more space back there all the time because you've learned how to like own it and breathe there and live in it. I hope that makes sense too. Yeah. Yeah. So like from a rehab standpoint, I might do some very similar exercises, but I'm really trying to retrain somebody how to put the air in different places so that those changes will stick. And I think that that's such a more almost like global approach to things, you know, again, taking back pain as an example, because so often people just say, okay, well, you know, like my back hurts or my hip hurts. So like, let me just look at my hip. But exactly like you're saying, if, if you also don't know how to create that, like, you know, intra-abdominal pressure and be able to stabilize, but also to be able to breathe into your body, then you're just going to set yourself right back to where you were. So you get that adjustment, you get that, you know, working with the physical therapist, whatever you get up, you walk out, everything goes back to where it was if we like don't actually make those corrections. Right. One of the most frustrating things about recovering from injuries or surgery is not being able to work out and losing muscle mass because of it. You can't work out because it hurts, but it feels like you're taking three steps back with your strength. Luckily, I found a product that not only helps to maintain muscle mass, but also helps to reduce inflammation so you can recover faster. And did I mention it's 100% backed by science? It's called Heal by The Amino Company. And a recent clinical trial compared the use of Heal with other high-quality whey proteins. And the researchers found that Heal was three times more efficient at triggering muscle growth and repair than any other protein source. 
So if you're looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to healing and recovery, you definitely need to give Heal a try. Heal's essential amino acid blend tastes delicious and will take your recovery to the next level. And right now, you can get 30% off your first order when you visit aewellness.com slash amino and use the code BODYNERD at checkout. That's aewellness.com slash A-M-I-N-O and use the code BODYNERD at checkout. All right, let's get back to the show. So what would be a good place to start when it comes to breathing? Well, ultimately what we're trying to do is we're trying to create alignment in the body through breath work. Right. So we're trying to stack up your rib cage over your pelvis. Okay. And have the rib cage and the pelvis like lined up together, one directly on top of the other. Okay. Because what we find is when that alignment is a little bit off, that's when we start to have these muscular imbalances. So, for example, if my rib cage kind of flares up and maybe my pelvis dumps forward, then I'm going to have more of like opening in the front of my body. And then more like tightness or compression or short muscles in the back of my body. So what you want to do is really learn how to align the rib cage over the pelvis, but not like just force it there. Like you have to be able to align it by, by breathing there. And that's, that's mm-hmm. really the trick is to just get that diaphragm stacked over the pelvic floor and start to learn how to coordinate those two muscle groups together at the same time. Okay. So I know that the pelvic floor is kind of like this, oh, the pelvic floor is just like a woman's health thing. And like just women who have had babies have to worry about their pelvic floor. But like everybody has a pelvic floor, like men have a pelvic floor, your dog has a pelvic floor. Okay. So like everybody has one and it's part of the human body and it's what makes up our core system, which is where like all movement kind of comes from. And so we really need to start working on just aligning those structures up and learning how to breathe there. So that's where I always start people, right? It's just like pick a position, whether it's on their back or hands and knees or on their side or whatever it is, and try to help move their rib cage and move their pelvis in a way that lines it up and then say, let's, let's practice breathing here. So you can really feel what stacked and aligned feels like, because you can get an adjustment or like you said, anything else that kind of like checks your, like fixes your alignment. But if you don't know how to keep it there, your body's just going to take the path of least resistance again and just kind of like flow back into those areas that are easy to live in. Okay. So we have to show the body how to live in the alignment we want it to stay in. Yeah. I love that so much too, of using such a fundamental foundational basic thing as breathing to help show your body where to exist and finding these positions like you're talking about. If you lay on the ground or you even lay on your bed, for the most part, you already are going to be stacked of head, shoulders, ribs, hips, and you know, all in alignment. So that's a great place to just lay down and breathe and start there. Or would you recommend, you know, maybe a different position to start with? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because we're talking about like changes in the alignment of the body that you can't really see so much from like the external. So somebody could be like lying on the ground on their back and they looked lined up, but really when you take a closer look, you can see that their ribs are flared up and their ribs pop up a lot off the floor. And maybe they have a little bit of an arch in their, um, you know, 
like mid back to lower back and maybe their sacrum's a little bit tilted. And so there's these little like nuances that like you recognize and you realize, well, maybe they're not really truly stacked up. So it's like just trying to find that alignment, say like in a, in a, on your back position and then teaching someone how to use, uh, how to go through more of like a flow of movement with it. So like a bridge, for example, you know, like how do we stack you up and then how do we keep you stacked as you go in and out of that bridge so that you don't lose it so that you don't allow your back to overextend or your butt to over tuck under or whatever it might be. Because when we align those pieces together, we start to work the muscles that are supposed to work in the exercise that we're doing. So for example, if you're not lined up and you're doing a bridge, you might feel the bridge more in your low back than you do in your glutes and your hamstrings simply because you're not lined up properly, right? So if we create that alignment first, get you learning how to breathe there and then bring you into that bridge, all of a sudden you're going to start feeling the exercise in the areas that are supposed to work versus the areas that aren't supposed to work. And that's exactly what you need to get out of pain because your pain is coming from your low back doing too much work all the time because your glutes and your hamstrings aren't pulling their own weight, right? So it's creating a situation where we can Mm -hmm. get everything working more together as a team versus straining certain areas because we're out of the alignment and those areas have no choice but to take over. Yeah, which makes perfect sense because I've shared on this show before too of this idea that like your your body's almost like a corporation and you want everybody working together as a team, like you said, that there's not just like one area or one, you know, muscle that's doing all of the work because it's going to be super, super grumpy. And then everyone else is like out to lunch for 25, 30 years. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so you see that, you know, a lot with, you know, if you, you mentioned like sitting all day, you know, like if you sit all day, um, you know, your hip flexors kind of get over-engaged. So the front of your hips get tight, right? And well, that pulls your pelvis forward. And so now that's where you like to be and you like to breathe there. And you've, that's become very comfortable to you. But what that means is that you've started to sort of lose your abdominals a little bit, lose your hamstrings and your glutes a little bit. And so now we start going down this cascade of muscular imbalances that can cause discomfort in certain areas. So we really need to pay attention to that alignment piece of like, what what are we, what's turning off during the day and how do we get those muscles back? on with some of our choice exercises that are designed to pull our alignment back into place so that when we go to exercise, we go to take a class, we go to do whatever we want to do, we are in a position that is going to put balanced strain on our whole body versus like just, um, you know, an imbalanced pull that can cause discomfort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're just like hundred percent nodding my head. Like, yes, 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 yes. Okay. So you also mentioned, you know, we touched upon the pelvic floor, but I think that is really a place or an area in the body that is not talked about enough as far as its role, not only in breathing, like you talked about, but also in stability. Because when it comes to creating that, like that um, bracing or that, you know, pressure that you talked about as well. I know when I first started learning it, the line between like bearing down and turning on your abs is like kind of blurry. So how to make that more clear for people who are listening that it's not necessarily like bearing down, but a little bit different. Sure. Well, bearing down to me sort of signifies like a clenching or a holding of your breath of some kind. So there's sort of this like, 
you know, like I'm tensing and I'm holding and I'm creating this pressure, but there's no like flow of pressure. It's just like pressure. (laughs) Whereas like really creating like a strong contraction Mm -hmm. of a muscle requires like a flow, right? So when we talk about the abdominals and I I use breathing and I'm going back to breathing again, because getting the diaphragm and the pelvic floor working is one of the most powerful ways to get your abs to fire. Okay. Because the abdominals attach the pelvis to the rib cage. Okay. Like they are the soft tissues. They are the muscles in between that connect those and, and move those bones. Okay. So if you can breathe really well and you can get a strong exhale and get your rib cage to pull together, you can get those, abdom- those abdominals muscles are what makes that happen. Okay. So you're really able to like access those abs with your breath to kind of pull them together to get that, like that deep layer contraction that you're looking for versus just like a, a clenching or a tensing, right? Like it's like our jaw, like there's clenching our jaw and then there's like opening mm-hmm. our mouth and shutting it and opening our mouth and shutting it. And those are two different things. Um, the same goes for the abs and we want to make sure that we're getting that flow of contraction of the abdominals and the pelvic floor and the diaphragm. So if you want strong abs that are balanced and don't give you doming or uh, coning in the abdominals or a diastasis or pelvic floor pressure or any of those things, um, hip flexor tightness, you really have to be able to move your rib cage and move your pelvis and get your abdominals to help you with that. So again, it goes back to that connection with the diaphragm and the pelvic floor. I know it's so super important. And I think like, um, my dad is doing swallow therapy post surgery right now. And even there, like, okay, so bear down to like create that intra-abdominal pressure. And I'm like, no, like I told him after I was like, okay, so don't do that. Like at all, like you already know how to create this pressure. So do it the way that you know, rather than training that other way. Cause I, I feel too, that sometimes, um, you know, like healthcare professionals, movement professionals, that's an easy way to cue it that isn't necessary. Well, it's not, it's not helpful down the line. So I think like all of us can learn collectively to have that little subtle shift, like you're talking about. And I love what you're saying with like that flow of pressure versus like this stagnant, like super effortful pressure. Yeah. And that's like a really good point you made about like, it's really easy to just say like tense your abs or like tighten your abs, you know, but like that's not creating a very dynamic or functional way of using the abdominals. So what I'll coach more is like, take a breath in and then I want you to exhale fully, like one slowly and fully out of your mouth, 100% out, take like eight to 10 seconds, dump all possible air out and let your rib cage kind of like come together and down as you do so. And what you'll feel is the whole abdominal wall will kind of come together and create that like corset that you're looking for. So like a lot of people have trouble cueing like the deeper transverse abdominus muscles and things like that. But if you really consider where those muscles attach and how they move the rib cage, if you just get the rib cage moving <laughs> the, with the breathing, the abs will start to come together. Okay. And so that's sort of more of like that, that more dynamic contraction that helps pull them together versus just like this clenching. Yeah. And I like too this idea of like creating movement to then help with stability, that it's never 
one or the other, that the two like ends of the spectrum work together. Right. And what I find is that a lot of people who hold their breath when they exercise or do a core exercise, for example, have trouble really being able to breathe under a brace. Okay. So it's like all or nothing for them. They're like either clenching their abs so much that they can't breathe, Mm -hmm. but they don't really know how to like engage their abdominal wall and breathe through it at the same time. And a lot of the reason that happens is because they really don't know where else they should breathe from, right? They might be so used to belly breathing that if they let their belly go in an exercise, they're going to lose all their core tension. So they end up just not breathing because they don't know where else to breathe from. So what I really try to teach people (laughs) is let's get the abs firing And then teach you how to breathe through your rib cage better because your lungs sit in your rib cage, right? So we want that whole rib cage to be able to expand to allow the ribs to fill with air and then let it out, but still be able to hold the abdominals on to do an exercise, okay? And so that's really what we're talking about because when you lose those abs in an exercise because you can't breathe without letting them go then you lose your core stability and then your back starts hurting and then your hips start to hurt and then your neck starts bothering you. And so learning how to move and keep that core tension and breathe in the correct places at the same time is what it's all about. And so that's kind of, I guess that's kind of a good example of what I'm talking about by like breathing in different places that help you move better. That's, that's kind of what that all comes down to. A hundred percent. But yeah. And it's also just like, Humans were designed to move. And I think if we keep approaching things as being like Lego blocks, like, well, I do this one thing at this one time. And then the next time I'm going to add this one more complexity, like you miss that flow and that movement like you're talking about. Right. Yeah, definitely agree. So another thing that I know you talk about a lot, especially on Instagram is like postpartum. And because of the, you know, dramatic changes that happen from growing and carrying a human I guess like my first question, because I'm thinking of some specific clients as well. Is there ever a time where let's say someone has like a diastasis recti or something where like, oops, the, you know, the ship has sailed, like it's too late to make any changes and retrain all of these things that you're talking about, or just to like recreate that stability and to like make improvements once that fascial line has been separated somewhat. So from my experience, I don't really ever like call it a day with that stuff. You know, like I always believe that there is room for improvement and that there isn't, there is a window. Like most of the improvement in the fascia of a diastasis is going to improve on its own without any intervention in the first six months after having a baby. If it does not completely come together, there will require more intervention to make that happen. Okay. So it's not that it won't ever happen. It's just that it needs a little bit more help after the six month part. Like it's not going to do it spontaneously on its own after that, because there is just like natural healing and like the elasticity of the tissues just come in on their own and genetics play a huge role in that Uh, pressure, you know, plays a huge role in that and um, nutrition, things like that. But At that point, after six months, then we're usually talking about there's something going into this space, this opening in the abdominal wall. There's pressure that's going into that space that isn't isn't contained, 
right? So this person in front of me has not learned how to align her body in a way that keeps the pressure from going forward. So she's either posturing a certain way or breathing a certain Mm -hmm. way or holding her baby a certain way or um, doing her lunges a certain way or maybe her yoga. She's just kind of hanging into her, her abs, whatever it might be. But those abdominal muscles are not pulling together the way that they need to in a more balanced way. Or so there's weakness or there's a pressure management problem where there's too much pressure going into that area. So at that point, that's when you really have to dial into what are all the reasons. And there's lots of different reasons that somebody can be putting pressure into that abdominal wall. So we have to kind of go through the list and figure out what this person's situation is. And that's why healing a diastasis is so difficult. And that's why there's so many programs out about it is because it's really, there is no one size fits all. There's no one treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a big puzzle to put together. So you really have to consider all of the different components that might be playing into that. It's like hope, the glimmer of hope. But I mean, that's all like super great points too. And it goes back to exactly what you're saying about the pressure and the breathing and making sure that you can not only sense where you are in space, but then you can also breathe into that more efficient stacking rather than, oh, I can do like this one squat with like really good form. And then the rest of the day, it just falls apart. Right. And a lot of women, like they don't even like, they're trying to get their abs on all the time. Like if they're trying to close a diastasis and they're just like, I just can't do it. I can't get my abs to fire. And it's because they really have never, since having a baby, they haven't felt their body in a position that makes it really possible to get those muscles on. Pregnancy does a lot of changes to the body, right? Like pregnancy flares the ribs open because the baby starts pushing up into the rib cage, right? Pregnancy pushes the abdominal wall forward, stretches out all those muscles, creates you know a weakness in those tissues. It does a lot of things that keep women sort of in a, a a different posture when they get out. Like a lot of women will, after they have babies, they're like, oh, like my rib cage is so much bigger. Like my bras don't fit anymore. Like I can't zip up. I'm the same size, but I can't dress. I can't zip up my dresses anymore. Like their rib cage expands. Okay. So they've lost, they've changed their rib cage to the degree where those abs are now at a, a disadvantage to be able to fire the way that they should. So they can try all their might to get their abs firing. But they don't, if they don't learn how to pull that rib cage back together, it's going to be very difficult for them to get those abs to pull together. And so that's why if you look at diastasis programming, if there's no breathing in that programming, do not do it. <laughs> okay? Because it's a huge part of getting that abdominal connection back together. Okay? So um, I hope that answers that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's huge and massive. And I think too, for anyone listening, if you are, you know, have been pregnant or not, I think all of these tips that you've been sharing are applicable right now of, you know, making sure that your ribs are in the right place, making sure just like, I mean, posture is like so not sexy and I know it's boring, but it's also very comforting to know that like, nope, like this is what we have to do is to like get stacked and know how that feels dynamically. And that's really the key to getting out of that injury cycle. Yeah, for sure. And even like, you know, if we just want to look at regular orthopedic stuff, you know, if you have somebody with like a shoulder problem or Um, a neck issue, you know, if if you're doing shoulder therapy and and you're not getting better and somebody hasn't looked at your rib cage and the position of your rib cage and how well your rib cage moves, then they're missing half the picture because the shoulder sits on the rib cage and, and the way that our shoulder moves requires that the shoulder blade 
moves around on that rib cage. And so if, if the car is off the track in a way, <laughs> because the track's not lined up, right, then the whole shoulder's not going to move well. And so that's really um, a huge part in looking at the entire body is how does your limb attach to the main part of your body, like your rib cage and your pelvis. And you can look at the same thing with the hip as well in terms of like, where's your pelvis position and what influences does that have on the hip and the knee and the foot and all that. So it's really just taking an approach of like, yes, we want to look at the extremities, but truly we want to look at the relationship between the extremities and the core of the body and make some influences on that via making sure that canister, that core canister is nice and lined up. I love it. It's simple. I mean, it sounds simple, but as we know, it's uh, a little bit more complicated once you actually get into it. But the the foundations of it are pretty simple. First of all, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and these just like practical ways to like move better and breathe better. I love it so much. Uh, Where can people find you on the internet and come learn more from you and hang out and do all that? Yeah, sure. So I'm pretty active on Instagram. Um, it's Jill Zimmerman PT. Um, so I put a lot of free content on that. I also, um, have a, like a website page that's on there that you can click to that has a bunch of programs that I've created that are kind of DIY programming. So I have one on diastasis, which is going to go through a lot of the pelvic floor stuff as well. Um, and then I also just recently have a program called treat yourself, which is all about how do we learn how to breathe and move into like everyday um, movements that we do typically. So I look at lunges and squats and pushes and pulls and all that kind of stuff. And, and how, how am I coaching people how to uh, change the position of their rib cage and their pelvis? So basically what I did with that one is I was like, let me think of what I would give every, not every client, but what do I want to give my clients in the first three visits? And what is this, like, how do I really want to set them up with a strong foundation? And I put it like all in that program. So it's really like introducing you to these ideas um, and having you learn about it and start doing it on your own. Um, and then I have a bunch of other stuff out there for like professionals. Like I host a case study every um, month on Zoom where we like have somebody in front of us and we sort of like talk about what we see and do an assessment, an assessment and find like treatment options for them and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I'm just kind of working on several little things. And then I have my own practice that I run in Charleston, South Carolina and see in-person people. So I'm pretty busy. (laughs) I know. Oh my gosh. It's a lot. Yeah. So it's fun though. (laughs) I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you again so much for spending the time with us today and hope that we can stay in contact and keep learning more from you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. This was great. Are you just standing taller now and breathing better? (laughs) After hearing her share all of that, it's impossible to not be thinking about how you're breathing and how you're moving and how your core is interplaying with your diaphragm and pelvic floor and all of those pieces. So I'm so grateful for Jill for taking the time to chat with us. All of her links are in the description or you can find them at aewellness.com slash podcast. A lot of great stuff and definitely follow her on social and stay connected because you're just, you're going to learn so, so, so much. And if you're looking for more support and accountability, that's exactly what we do inside of Movement Mavens, which is my exclusive community for busy, active women that'll teach you everything you need to create your own custom wellness workout plan. 
And then of course, the accountability and support to stay moving and get out of pain with our monthly workouts and trainings. You can learn more about Movement Mavens and get notified the next time we open up for enrollment. It's happening super, super soon. If you're listening to this on July 8th when it comes out, you can head on over to aewellness.com slash mavens. That's M-A-V-E-N-S to learn more. But I want to hear from you. What's your biggest takeaway from today's episode? Are you going to stand up taller? Are you going to breathe better? Are you going to work on breathing into your rib cage? Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram. Definitely tag me at, at Hala Formala and at Jill Zimmerman PT. And let us know if you have questions, what you learned, your biggest aha. Or you can leave a message on the Body Nerd hotline by calling 818-396-6501. And before I go, don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, the Body Nerds group, and all things podcast related live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. And I'm going to say it again because it always helps for a little bit of repetition, but don't forget to subscribe if you're not subscribed. That way you never miss an episode. Don't forget to leave a review if you haven't. Reviews are literally the greatest thing in the world. It's like Christmas Day when I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, a new review. (laughs) So give me that joy, please. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Or just share today's episode with somebody who needs to hear this, somebody who wants to learn more about breathing or who you know has back pain and would do so much better if they just understood that relationship between breathing and core strength. So thank you in advance for all that you do. Thank you for being here. Literally could not do this without you. And here's to asking better questions, moving more, having a stronger, more breath-filled core, (laughs) and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and that you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks and bodywork is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.